Hey, Holly. Hey, Dave. What is going on with your bad self today on the What Difference Does It Make podcast? My bad self is looking forward to this episode as we have another international guest. So I'm very excited. Are you? Have you practiced your, your Dutch? Not at all. I know nothing about the Dutch, so this is going to be exciting. I always love when you bring in guests because they always have an international flavor. And this is no exception. We are talking to Hans Everling. Hans Everling is from SOB Jingles and Music Libraries in the Netherlands. He has a little bit of a radio background, big music fan, and he was uh, excited to be with us today. So I am very happy to welcome him to the virtual What Difference Does It Make studio all the way from Amsterdam. Yeah, it's nice. We have to wake up early to talk to him. So it's a special treat. You know, this is the breakfast show for us. Are you caffeinated enough? I I am. Yes, I have my coffee. I'm all set. Before we get into our talk with Hans and look at the K-Rock songs 1985, songs 20 to 11, please tell them about our wonderful social media channels. So you can find us on social media at WDDIM Podcast. You'll find clips from this episode with Hans Everling on our YouTube channel at What Difference Does It Make Podcast. So definitely check it out. Let's get into it right now. We're talking K-Rock, the world famous K-Rock in 1985, songs 20 to 11. Right now on the What Difference Does It Make podcast. I'm so excited. I know. I just can't hide it. Hans, meet Dave. Dave, Hans. Hi, Dave. Nice to meet you. Hi, Hans. Both old friends. Pleasure. Yeah, Holly was very excited to get you in here. So After four years. I'm so honored to be on the the show after four years. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) We were just talking. We might have actually uh, more work for you. Why haven't you created... uh, Transitional music for us or any of that fun stuff. We need these uh, radio explosions and fun things. Is that what, what exactly do you do? What's like your, uh, your bread and butter? There's two things that I do, uh, two fields that I'm, uh, I'm very active in. And one is station ID jingles. That's sung jingles for radio stations. So do a lot of radio commercials or audio post-production for radio and TV commercials. And the, uh, the radio jingles are international international clients all over Europe and sometimes outside of Europe. And commercials is mostly for Dutch clients or international clients that are uh, targeting the Dutch market. Can you do like a traditional, see, I start thinking of like the 60s and 70s. Can you do like, you're listening to what difference does it make? (laughs) The podcast. That doesn't sound like us at all. But I want that desperately. (laughs) When I think of jingles, I think of like those old timey radio things, but I'm sure it's what, what, what's the difference now between like what I'm talking about and, and the type mm-hmm. of jingles you, you do now? What, what are the elements that are in there? Before the old traditional jingles, they were usually a bit different from the music that the stations were playing, especially top 40 music. They played a lot of different music styles than the jingles that they had. And a lot of those jingles were very traditional with seven people in the choir uh, singing very cool harmonies, yeah. um, but all that had nothing to do with the pop music, the uh, the CSR music that the, the stations were playing at the time. And and nowadays the jingles more and more sound like the the pop music, and ev- even for AC stations the jingles sound more and more contemporary than than back then. New from SOB Audio Imaging. name is SOB Audio Imaging, and, and usually after like two, three minutes, especially Americans, they ask me, uh, like, do you know what SOB means in the U.S.? And I say, of course I know. Ah, oh, haha, oh, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's <laughs> no problem in Europe. <laughs> and people tend to remember it. But yeah. in Europe, nobody ever asks me what it means, except that they're curious what SOB means what it stands for but nobody thinks the the same things that the americans do do (laughs) all right so two questions what does sob stand for it's an abbreviation of a very old name when the company was established in 1996 i was not there and it was a recording studio it was a big recording studio and they called it studio outbussen which is a name, I, that story is too long. <laughs> um, it's a name that I s- thought immediately when I joined the company after six months. I said, well, 
we're not going to use this name because it is the word out is in there, which which means old. And it was a brand new studio. It doesn't make any sense. All high tech stuff. And then the name old, and it's a very traditional name for a very traditional mansion that the, the, the studio was in. So uh, immediately I said, okay, because my ambition was also to operate internationally. And I said, okay, we're gonna, gonna use a short name. And I claimed sob.nl for the website. <laughs> and I just decided to, to keep the name because by then, when I took over the company in 2003, it was quite well known already. If I'm going to call someone a son of a bitch in but your you country, what's the uh, the equivalent then? If it's not SOB, it's... I'm, I'm asking you to curse. I'm telling you to curse. That's what I'm telling you. I never you. even asked you. Wow. All these years, I don't. I have no idea. Son of a bitch. Well, if, if you translate it literally, yeah, it would be Huriung, which is, is quite nasty. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to bleep this out. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> well, podcast, you don't have to. No, okay. Yeah. And for the Dutch, they don't care anyway. Dutch radio and TV, you can say anything. Oh, yeah? Wow. There's no no beeping, not, none, none of that. No FCC uh, yeah. that, is, that is going to give any station any fines for cursing on air. No, doesn't happen. We're, we're looking at songs from 1985. Where was a young Hans Everling in 1985? I was 22 years old. I uh, just uh, left the military. Back then, we had the compulsory military service. So I was a sergeant in the, in the cavalry, uh, reconnaissance. And after that, I went to university and I studied communications. I moved from the south of Holland to a city called Utrecht, which is, I think, the fourth biggest city in Holland. And that's where I was. And uh, studying and uh, still DJing a bit. Tell me about this radio station that you worked at. Oh, well, back then in Holland, and I, I saw your episode with Palabo, uh, <laughs> was talking about... Uh, the local radio stations and the regional radio stations in Denmark. In Holland, the situation was a bit different because we had no legal local radio back then. We had public national radio, we had public regional radio, and we had pirate radio. I was uh, with the pirate radio station in the south of Holland, seven days a week. Uh, we had about 40 people working or volunteering because there was no <laughs> money, of course. We did run commercials, and it was all illegal, and... and uh, building antennas wherever we could, making relay transmitters so we couldn't get caught. And of course, we got caught uh, too many times and lost a lot of equipment. But yeah, there I had a weekly show every Saturday night from, from five to six, like a pre-party mix, uh, mix hour where I uh, mixed uh, music, mostly disco, funk, soul, all that stuff. What was the name of the station? Maastad Radio. And what was the name of your show? Uh, it, it had no name. What? Oh, disappointing. Yeah. yeah. I was, <laughs> I always thought when I was, when I was young that me talking in a microphone, that didn't make him, uh, a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> still doesn't for us. Oh. I don't understand what we're doing here, but yeah. Well, you asked me some. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> I got a mic. Yeah, I so know. We're still doing it. Are. I know. How about yeah. that? <laughs> and so I decided that I'm not going to talk in a microphone and I, uh, I had a girlfriend in Amsterdam back then, and we went to Amsterdam to go out, and there were these DJs that were in clubs, not talking at all, which was back then the fashion, but they were mixing songs, mixing the records, using the pitch control, and that was something very new for me, and I thought, I can do that, I want to <laughs> do that. So that's what I did. I did that for a long time. So no personnel, no, you didn't come in in the middle of a... The songs, you just kind of, it was, so it was just one long mix track, an hour yes. long mix track is what you an put together. Long. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. And you didn't go by any DJ name or anything like that. It was just, just some silent unknown person came well, in. And <laughs> of course I had to have a name, um, but I was like, and I said, okay, well, uh, like, call me Max because it was illegal. So <laughs> I couldn't go by my own name. So um, Max. my name was Max. <laughs> Max in the mix. Was this the type of music that you loved? Was like dance and funk yes. and this is what you listened yep. to? Th was this what you grew up on? Mostly, yes. Did you so have... Not a lot of K-rock material. A favorite artist? What were, I mean, growing up, what was artists that we might be familiar with that you were into? Oh, definitely. My all-time favorite is Earth, Wind & Fire. Brilliant, brilliant. I love everything. Well, most of what, what they did. Brilliant songwriting. Also songs from David Foster. After Love Has Gone, it was oh. it's a famous Earth, Wind & Fire song mm -hmm. written by David Foster. Yeah. Brilliant recordings, musicians, arrangements. I, I was listening on my headphones at night uh, when I was young 
and I was like listening, what's going on there? All the percussion and the strings and the guitars and the bass well, and, and the vocals and, and all those layers. picked up on on all that music early on like this is it wasn't just like the you know the beat it was everything all the sounds that yeah, were coming yeah I, I was amazed yeah. by all the layers in there and still how cool it sounded not complicated but just funky and, and groovy okay learning a little bit about life and what it's like to be a hans everling living in holland we'll get into the countdown right after the break with Hans Everling on the What Difference Does It Make podcast. So you you did look through the cheat sheet and you did you review the of videos? I oh, okay. I don't know. Some people yes. just, I mean. He's a preparer. Come on. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> because Dave there's a lot of songs that, that I wasn't familiar with or that I knew vaguely. So I took, looked them up. Same with us. Sometimes there's songs that we've forgotten about, don't even recall. Yeah, but now we're getting up to the top. of. So this is the year-end chart from K-Rock, the world-famous K-Rock from 1985. Yes. So as we get to the top, Dave, were there actually songs on this list that you didn't know uh, or that you weren't, you didn't recall? There was one that I huh. kind of didn't remember. I mean, I sort of, we'll get into okay. it. Okay, I always like to guess what Dave, you know, what uh, well, yeah. there have been on the list, some that we didn't recall. I'll, I'll bring it up when it, when it comes up. We're going to go through songs 20 to 11 is what you got. Uh, this is from 1985, the world famous K-Rock. Did you ever listen to other radio stations outside of your country or was there? Uh, Not in 85. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Later I know you really, in the 90s, definitely, yes. Yeah, you really couldn't, I guess. There was, it was just. In the 1985, there was no was internet. Just, yeah, it's just your local station, and that's that. You got what you got. So. And yeah, people would it. record, like when you traveled. I know sure. a lot of these radio guys recorded yeah. and and brought it home or ordered air checks. Yeah, especially when I started traveling to the U.S. Um, during the 90s, I, I went to New York, I went to L.A., and yeah, I did a lot of recording. I I brought a, a, a recorder. I would I set it up in my hotel room and push record and then go out. <laughs> Yeah, and and also visit a couple of radio stations. I went to Power 106 in LA. The morning show. What's the name of the guy? Jay. Jeff. Jay oh, Thomas. Jay Thomas. Jay Thomas. Yeah. It's eight o'clock. Seventy-two thousand watts of music power. Music power. KPWR Los Angeles. Fantastic. All right. Since we only have an hour, we've got to burn through this in half an hour. Let's get through this. Okay. So number 20 is from Sting. This is uh, from his first solo album. Uh, the song is called, If You Love Somebody, Set Them Free. Were you a fan of the police? Were you a fan of uh, Sting's new direction, jazz direction? Fan is, is a big word. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I did appreciate the police a lot. I mean, I think their first hit in Holland was So Lonely. Uh, and I thought that was an awesome song. Uh, so much energy, raw energy. I loved it. It wasn't the, the music particularly that I, that I was into, but I could really, really appreciate the band. And when Sting went solo with his jazzy way, nice, not a big fan, but I can really appreciate it.
Dave. Yes. You? Were you a bigger sting than police fan? No, but this song in particular, my first radio job was at, for this radio station called The Wave. And when they changed formats from uh, from KMET, a rock station, hard rock AOR station, to this smooth jazz. And the first song they played is If You Love Somebody, Set Them Free. Did you guys have format changes? Because I, I was, I, you know, just hear, hearing that song sometimes, I think about um, that, that KMET, when they... they they fired all their all their staff, and then they start doing this countdown, like 10 days, 9 days, you know, like this excitement. And then, you know, okay, they're going to change format. What's it going to be? Blah, blah, blah. And then the first song they played was things, you know, if you love somebody, set them free. It was like, okay, maybe I, maybe I could be into this. And then they segued into, I don't know what the other song, uh, it was like some De- David Sanborn saxophone song, I believe. I'm like, well, what is this? So anyway, I mean, it's, so Sting was kind of like that uh, that bridge between um, you know the rock world and the jazz world, and so that, I liked what he was doing. I thought it was kind of interesting where where he was headed and where music might be heading. Yeah, well, and I hear this song, uh, the Russians, of course, which is a great song. It still can be played to this day, right now. <laughs> yeah, it's still it's very important. Yeah, I hope the uh, Russians love their children too, right? Correct. I know. Uh, yeah. Uh. I mean, I, I like what he was doing. Like, I'm going to take some great musicians and we're going to create some pop music, some complex pop music and, you know, throw it out there. And, yeah. it, and it worked. I mean, it was kind of like, I mean, not as funky as Earth, Wind and Fire, but it was kind of, uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of different elements going on in those those pop songs that you rarely heard in, yep. in 1985. Yeah. Appreciate it. I actually, I'm I'm actually surprised, Hans. Now that I've talked to you for half an hour, that you you weren't a bigger Sting fan. Uh, anyway, so there moving we along. moving yeah. along. This is a uh, a song from Depeche Mode. This was number 19 by Depeche Mode. This song is by Depeche Mode. The song is called Flexible. This is the second of three songs that are on the the chart, the the K Rock chart from Depeche Mode. Do we like this song? I I you know I remember the song. Do, uh, does it have any staying power for you? Or do, I, I or do had to what? look it up because I didn't know it. Yeah. And just like practically all Depeche Mode songs, I didn't like it. Not a Depeche <laughs> Mode fan. Was it? Is it the no, artific- like the the uh, the artificial sounds? And what do you need more um, acoustic instruments? Not necessarily. Although th- that is nice, but I just I never liked Depeche Mode. <laughs> no, no, not at all. You like to dance, but you just—it's uh, a particular. I type. love house music. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not that I'm against electronic music, not at all, but it doesn't do it for me. to get into what uh, what you do and don't like but holly some uh, some notes um. <laughs> well i mean uh, as i i wrote in in the notes martin gore was not a fan of this song at all either he uh said the the song is kind of a joke because i'm sure for instance if my mom looked at me now she'd think what has success done to you and the actual style of the music was meant to be quite jokey because if you imagine after the initial new romantic futurist thing a lot of bands thought we can't make it playing this kind of music so they went all into salsa, all these trends, trying to hit on something that might be successful. This was trying to combine all those jokey styles. And so it was a joke for Depeche Mode. I didn't get that from this song. It was a joke song, I guess, in a way, in a Depeche Mode style. What do you think of the song, Holly, as a Depeche Mode fan? I like the song. It wasn't, I didn't actually recall it until I listened to it for this, for this podcast, but... It isn't my favorite, but I like it a lot. You know, I'm all in on Depeche Mode. There's very little I don't like from them. Yeah. So I'm easy when it comes to Depeche Mode. I'm not that, that uh, like, distinguishing, I guess. I yeah. have favorites, but there isn't much I don't like. <laughs> what do you think, Dave? I know you're not a huge fan. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, the song is just kind of ridiculous. I, don't, I know you don't, you don't look into the... <laughs> into the lyrics at all but you know it's some Depeche Mode lyrics are great they're kind of fun or you know 
yeah, this one was just kind of a, a one-off. I don't think they've actually, oh yeah, as I, as I put, they've, they've never played this live and I don't think it's on any album, right? This was, and this is what K-Rock did. You know, they went through the imports and dug through some, you know, B-sides or whatever they could find that, that may, maybe had a hook. It's very, it's radio friendly. I could, I could see why they played this yeah. in 85 and why it made it all the way up to number 19. Let's move on to number 18. This is, I'm kind of interested in your take on this. Uh, this is from, um, the band is called Time Zone. The, wor- the song is World Destruction. Africa Bombada, this is his band that he put together. And it's uh, with a guest, Johnny Lydon, Johnny Rotten of the Sex Pistols. This electro boogie rap, which uh, Earth, Wind & Fire did kind of an electro boogie rap or in a way. <laughs> no, not so much. What it, no. Okay, so what do you th- <laughs> what do you think of... I had to look it up. I had to, uh, because I think... I, I checked it and I think it wasn't even released in uh, in the Netherlands. Yeah. So I didn't know it. I didn't know the song at all. it now is that something like you might have put on your your one hour no, unnamed no. show no not at all not at all no were you experimenting with rap at all or was there uh would no. you throw it you not okay so beats you weren't looking for beats what attracted you to like your one hour show what are some of the artists yeah what what's 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 what stuff was mix? on that mix oh, gee. back then it was called in, in the u.s uh, songs from the r&b charts yeah. <laughs> uh, which we would call import. Uh, so right. I, I mostly went to, to import record stores and buy 12 inches. And that's what I would use. Gee. So you uh, used to go to like, did you get Billboard magazine or what was, uh, what was your magazine? No, not that, really. No. no you, I just went to the record stores and they had all the new stuff coming from the US every week. Okay. So I pick and choose and, and, and bought way too many finals and CDs later on. Yeah. And you still have them. I still have them, of course. Yeah. Do you have a favorite from those days? Like three of your favorites that you discovered flipping through the uh, through the record stores. Ooh, well, for instance, I, I was preparing for this podcast. I was looking through the uh, the Dutch charts in '85, and I saw a lot of Prince material. I would die for you. Let's go crazy. Uh, all that stuff. I was a Prince fan, definitely. '85 was the time for that. Yeah, I think the we all. Time. Uh, yeah, the time. time. <laughs> the time. Jungle Love. The Daz Band. Oh. Let It All Blow. Yeah. But also Tears for Fears. Uh, Shout, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Talking Heads, Slippery People. Okay. Was this stuff that you put on your show? Some of these, yes. Okay. Yeah. But mostly it was a little bit less commercial, less top 40 stuff. It was mostly stuff that was not in, not so much in the Dutch charts. Okay. More in the clubs. Did you manipulate the songs, or what was like segueing the songs? Was uh, what was your? Uh, did you have like a, uh, a trademark feature that you put on in every show? Like no, just the, very smooth mixing from one song to another. Oh, okay, it was smooth. No, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Max ri- is yeah. smooth. Okay, I'm Max getting that. Smooth. I'm getting that smooth. All right, number seventeen. O M D, which is short for orchestral maneuvers in the dark. The song is So In Love, and uh, they're touring and playing all over the world. Do you like seeing bands that you were a fan of back when you were, back in 1985? Does that interest you, to see bands that's from long ago? Mm, yeah, but not a lot. Would you see Earth, Wind & Fire, for example, in 2022? Um, I, I did watched them a couple of years ago but that was already without maurice white and yeah. for me earthman and fire is maurice white and if he's not there mm-hmm. i really miss his vocals because he was basically the lead singer from earthman and fire not philip bailey yeah. most songs maurice white was the lead singer and he had a fantastic voice sure if they come to holland <laughs> i'll probably go there what about chicago are you a fan of chicago you know that's another david foster band mm-hmm 
if they would come now, I would probably go there. Yeah. Okay. A couple of really cool songs. Also a lot of not so cool songs, but <laughs> right. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, especially in the earlier period, uh, very funky, cool. Yeah. I love big band as well. Yeah, the Chicago sound is really nice. Holly, would you see OMD in twenty twenty two? I would see OMD. Are you still so in love? Does so in love still bring you so in love with so in love? I like the song. It's a little, you know, a little dated to me, but it's fun to hear, you know, every so often. I was reading about it. So in love, we think of it as a love song. But they did not, Andy McCluskey did not intend it to be a love song. It's like looking back on a relationship and, you know, we just, we, were, we sing yeah. these lyrics mindlessly sometimes. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, and it says we were so in love. Were. Yeah, we were so in love. Yeah. Past tense. Yeah. Anyway, yes, I would. Would you? Would you see them? I don't think you would see them, Dave. It's intriguing to me when I see bands that are playing like where they're playing. They're playing six thousand seats. It's not part of a package. They're they're playing by themselves. Yeah. So I keep thinking, well, there, there's got to be something there, like you know, like a reputation, kind of like Depeche Mode. People still go to these shows. They got to be a good band. So this might be something I want to check out still. And so OMD is one of those. Like okay, they're. They're playing this the Greek theater in Los Angeles by themselves, so I I think I'm kind of interested. Like, okay, wh- why why are they still playing this big this big venue? Okay, so acronyms. What's your favorite acronymed band? EWF. Yeah, there you go. I didn't even <laughs> put that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yes. Yeah. And um, I would say ELO, Electric Light Orchestra. Yeah. ELO. Yeah. Nice, Holly. How many acronyms can you name? I, I listed a few, REM, ELO, BTO. Do you know what BTO stands for? Beckman Turner Overdrive. Good job. All right. You BOC. Cool. Do, you know, do you know BOC? Blue Oyster Cult. Oh, no help from oh, the studio audience. Oh, sorry. <laughs> then you have I, to direct I, your I wouldn't question. have guessed it. <laughs> okay. CCR. CCR, yes. Okay. Water Revival. Very good. Okay. Yeah. Any others, Holly? What, uh, did you come up with some? Yeah, REM, what is REM? REM? Ra- uh, rapid Red. eye movement. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you mine and see if you can guess what it is. All right. BCR. BCR. I don't know that one off the top of my head really quick. Um, Do you remember, Dave? I told you what my first concert was. Oh, the Bay City Rollers. There you go. <laughs> All right. Yep. BCR. Did you call them BCR? Yes, we did. Not exclusively. Not like you would say ELO. Yeah. How about UE40? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Not an acronym. BCR. Let's go. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to ask me if I would see them if they were touring again, if they hadn't lost a couple of their members? Uh, sure. <laughs> yes, I would. Would you see the Bay City Rollers as 70-year-old men? You're good? You're good with that? I would have to. You would have to? Yeah. Really? Okay. It would be such a disappointment. Yeah, yes, probably it would, but... Let's go to number 16, King. Yeah. <laughs> this You're is hired. just... So, number 16 is, indeed, King. The song is Love and Pride. I know the song. The song was number two in the UK. Were you familiar with this song at all? It was, um, I checked it for you. Number two in Holland. Number two in Holland as well. Okay. Yes. Too much surprise, actually. Why? What surprised you about it? Well, I didn't think it would be that high. I knew the song, of course, but still number two. I checked... Another song that he released in Holland, The Taste of Your Tears, it reached number 17 in Holland. Okay. Love and Pride is, was, was, was the one song you remember. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a cool pop song. That's 
Apparently he had, I mean, there's, he has an album, the best of King love and pride with 18 (laughs) tracks. So, uh, there was something going on there. Apparently he was big overseas in the UK. You know, he's still putting out music and he was a VJ. What, what else do you know? I mean, did you see him as a, I don't remember him as a VJ. He had, I remember he had a mullet and, uh, you know, I kind of remember the, the video for love and pride. It was. It only made it up to fifty-five in the U.S. So, what do you remember about King? I remember it. It, it was. It was a great radio song, "Love and Pride." Yeah. So I, I think that's why it, it's in sixteen in in, in the K Rock uh, chart for, yeah. for that year. Very high. Up it is. There. It is. It is a great radio song. And the, the 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 look that he had, the mullet, was a something we all did. Fit right in. So <laughs> it goes right along with the you know just the music and the look. Yeah, it was very visual. His this this whole act, yeah, video Our clip with him dancing around, super colors. cheesy, very very cheesy. All right, Hans, I know you didn't have this haircut your whole life. What did you look like in 1985? <laughs> in 1985, I was blonde. Okay, uh, blonde. Uh, I need more information. What 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 uh, type of blonde? Was it Rod Stewart blonde? Was no, it, it was like Madonna blonde. <laughs> Swoopy. Not Madonna oh, Blonde. <laughs> yeah, I had this like, how do you call it? Oh, it was like uh, Billy Zapka in Karate Kid, kind of uh, swoop. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that. Okay. He had to see the music he was spinning, so it couldn't cover his eyes. <laughs> and also, for those that are listening and not watching, Hans's head is shaved. Yeah. Now. Yes. That was that was my <laughs> little joke. Like I know they. It's w- a nice when, way of saying I'm bold. When did you go? When did you shave it all off? Did you shave it all off, or is it just uh, is that a choice? No, suddenly it was gone. Oh, yeah, I, I I know. Well, I've often said like you know, no. if I ever started crowning, I would just shave it all off. Like you know, because I mean, you well, look great I with it. I shaved it off in 1998. Yeah. Okay. So you you've had this look for a while now. Yes. It's yeah. great, right? I know it's this is this has been you for you know twenty five years most, now. Most people don't know me with hair. Pictures I don't even think I would recognize you. You're gonna have to send us photos for the you know, for, for some of our postings mm-hmm. if you have any photos of yourself from Yeah, at the radio station spinning. I I wanna I'd love to see that. I don't think even at the radio <laughs> station, no. But yeah, I'll, I'll find something. With hair. We'll get, yeah, we want a hair picture. With hair. That's what we need. Let's move to number 15. This is Big Audio Dynamite, BAD, another acronym, the bottom line. I'm, I'm always curious now, Hans, like, okay, these were some different sounds, a little unique, different from uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Did you enjoy this? Is this something you might gravitate it towards? Not very, not very big in Holland. Although the, it, it was played on the radio, I, I thought the hook line was pretty cool. Didn't, didn't, didn't. That was very cool. Yeah, I actually like the song a lot, uh, or the the hook until Mick Jones comes in and sings, and then I'm like, oh, all right, I'm kind of out. Really? Yeah. I didn't. I yeah, <laughs> I yeah, loved I like the bi- the build up to it. I like, oh, this is great. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And then it just kind of. Like, I need uh, Joe Strummer again to, to bring it to something. I'm glad we agree on that, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm such a, I'm a much easier audience. What was your problem with him? I mean, it was, it was kind of quirky and... He's not a natural singer, <laughs> is what I will say. There's a new I assume 
that uh, that was an original hook from uh, from Mick Jones, a, a very creative arranger. I I, I love uh, what Mick Jones was doing with Big Audio Dynamite. There there was he had some better songs coming down down the line. He was experimenting in '85. Everybody was, you know, Africa Bombada. There was new technology. It must have been an exciting time for you. Did you pick up? What do you play? What is your instrument of choice? And nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. No, when I was young, I I played the clarinet. Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a stupid story because I actually wanted to play saxophone, but in in the village where I was living back then in the south of Holland, uh, there was no music school that they, that had the saxophone. So they said, you know, start with a clarinet and then you can switch to saxophone because that's not so hard. Yeah, it's not so different. So I did that, and then I got bored, and I started spinning records, and I'm started going out, and that was the end of that. Radio, <laughs> that was the end. Yeah. Disappointed so your you mom. <laughs> did I you always need musicians to um, how do you call it? Create the music you hear in your head. That's it. Yeah. Just just arrange those songs. Yeah. And I decided some time ago that I can really try to learn uh, playing keyboards or, or piano, but I would be always be frustrated because I've got all these fantastic, talented people around me who are who will always be better than, than me in whatever I will try to learn to play now. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll focus on what I can do. I agree with that 100%. Like the, my theory as well. Like, all right, Holly and I could put on a great uh, podcast, but it's always great to have guests to entertain us and uh, who, who are much more entertaining. Than, yeah, we're just goofing off. But when we get a, get a guest in, it raises the level. We do. I realize that. That's the key. I think that's experience. L- recognizing your limitations and delegating to other people and and lifting lifting up your projects. So that's why I brought Holly into the mix. I was going to do this on my own. Like, I need something else. Raise you up. Yeah, I need someone. Yeah. to. I need someone. I need Holly. So You're yeah. welcome. Yeah, thank you. Did you have anything like Soul Train or any or, or dance? Show? You know, we had American Bandstand, Soul Train, like dancing TV shows. Where, where... We had music shows before MTV. It was every every week there was a chart show called Top Up. Top Up, yeah! And that was before the video clips. The, the, the music videos um, and they had all these artists coming to the studio in Holland like the biggest artists from Queen to David Bowie to Iggy Pop who com- totally uh, destroyed the studio by the way uh, <laughs> as he should <laughs> what were they uh, thinking warm. you're not supposed to invite Iggy Pop to a studio he's going to trash everything in the 70s oh, Johnny was this like a top of the pops kind of thing yes yeah. yeah. oh okay okay was the band Simple Minds ever on that show? Because they're number 14. Don't you forget about me. They were number one in Holland. Number one in Holland and in our hearts. Hans, were you a fan? Did you like Simple I can't get from you whether you would like Simple <laughs> Minds or not. Nah. <gasps> I could appreciate the songs. Sure. Don't you forget about me. Promise you a miracle. Yeah. Number one in the Netherlands. and. Number number one on the Hot 100 in the U.S. Yes, this was a number one song everywhere. Don't you forget about me. Don't, 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 don't you forget about me. But you won't come by. Well, you Kicking, sure. I mean, there were big hits in Holland as well. So as you rattle them off, it doesn't bring anything back to you. I mean, they had a lot of hits, and their catalog is, is great. Does it make you, I mean, not, not nostalgic? You just, you weren't a fan of the band, you weren't a fan of the music. They just didn't do anything for you. No, not really, no. So a lot of other music that I enjoyed, but not the Simple Minds. Okay. What about movies? There was, this was in the movie The Breakfast Club. Did you see The, the Breakfast Club? I don't think so. Yeah, see, now I think, because you were 22, I would imagine that you might have been slightly out of the, the demo or just like, I'm not really that interested in seeing what these high school kids are into now. I'm done with mm-hmm. this. 
Probably, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, you were more Saturday Night Fever. You were like in the 70s, like late 70s. That's yeah, when you were. Early 80s. So mm-hmm. the, let's keep moving along then. We're, um, this is number 13. Totally digressing. This Adam is, and the Ants. Adam and the Ants. This is a song I don't really remember that much. The song is Viva La Rock. And this was probably the end of the Adam and the Ants era. But it is the song, the one song he played at Live Aid. And the reason he only played one song is because for some reason the Boomtown Rats and Bob Geldof were allowed to play overtime and play play some extra songs. And so we only got one from Adam Ant. Bang, bang, I don't really remember Viva La Rock too much. What uh, I know you're a huge fan, Holly. What did you think of this song? I like Adam Ant. I told you, you know, I'm, I'm an easy audience. This song took me a little while to get on board. I don't love it, but I can watch him do anything and, you know, sing, I perform. So I accepted it, but definitely not my favorite from him. I only watched the video, which was really weird. <laughs> Okay. I mean, the, the, the space, the rockers in space thing. Going from being a pirate to uh, being a, uh, a space rocker yeah. or, you know, a David Bowie space rocker type character. Yeah. I mean, the pirate thing was always, you know, quirky and interesting. And you just, that's how you knew him. So you went, you went with it. It was weird. Everyone has to update their look. And Adam Ant tried something. And I don't know. Holly wasn't well, aboard. With Adam Ant, it just took me, it was a little jarring. Everyone tries to do different things. I mean, I remember when MC Hammer became Hammer and he was starting to do, <laughs> so, you know, I'll try different things. And look where really? it got him. Yeah, that was the end of him. You're not comparing MC Hammer to Adam Ant or David Bowie, are you? I am kind of comparing MC Hammer and, and Adam Ant together. Yes, I don't think, I think that's ever. in the same category. Yeah, pretty much. They had their moments. They had some great, great songs, some great. Uh, well, great degree. <laughs> all right. Well, Hammer Time, I mean, you know. Iconic. I don't, yeah, I don't know anything past. He was too legit. Too legit to quit, I might even add. You know, you can't argue with that. No, you're, you're, you're right. Yeah, thank you. Okay, let's keep moving. I don't know why we're talking to Hammer. It's not, it's no longer, it's not Hammer Time. This is, uh, it's Holly Time. Here we go. Number 12, New Order, The Perfect Kiss. I think Hans is going to like this. I'm going to guess. Holly, what do you think? I think Hans was okay with this. I think he likes it more than you think he likes it. Okay. Hans, what do you think of this song? Well, New Order had their breakthrough with Blue Monday. And that was in 83. I had to, ch- to look it up. Yeah. It was number three in Holland, which was, I think, the first 12-inch that was on a chart uh, that high. Yeah. Because it was only released as a 12-inch and not as a 7-inch uh, single. And I had it, of course, because it, it was, I think it was a very cool song. For those days. Still uh, is. Very interesting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And nobody really knew what like, what is that because mm-hmm. it was basically predece- one of the predecessors of house music. Yeah. Yeah. So what, do you wh- say? what did you think of the site? You said it was pretty cool, but did you like... Blue Monday? Or, yeah. well, oh, yes. Blue yeah. Monday, but yeah, when Blue Monday came out. We're not talking about Perfect Blue Monday, yeah, 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 absolutely. Was I was blown away by it. So when you heard that, you were like, oh. I'm all all aboard on Oh, this. yes, yeah. definitely. And then I, I went to listen to their albums, and I was like, interesting. Yeah. And I had to look up The Perfect Kiss because I didn't remember the song, and then I played it, mm-hmm. and, and I played the 10-minute video, which is, you think it's not long enough. I think it was <laughs> a little long. long side. But I, rem- I remembered the song, but I didn't. it didn't even make the, uh, the Top 40 chart in Holland. Oh, is that right? Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh. But... Um, when listening to it today, I really liked it. Yeah. Okay. Really liked it.
Dave, I was surprised when you said that it wasn't long enough. You, you don't mean the song wasn't long enough. You meant the video because I agree with you about the video. I loved watching that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved everything about it. It's just fun. Good, yeah. good stuff. Bernard Sumner. Well, yeah, Bernard Sumner said he doesn't know what this song is about. But yeah, he, he mentioned the lyric, pretending not to see his gun. I said, let's go out and have some fun. <laughs> I, I, again, I can't sing. I know my limitations. I cannot sing. I cannot bring anything like that to life. So I, I will, uh, we don't have any singers in, in this group here. So anyway, the lyric Wait, is pretend, pretend <laughs> pretending not to see his gun. I said, let's go out and have some fun. I guess that's based on a true story from uh, Bernard. And I think it was with an American, surprisingly enough. They went to a club and he had he just had a gun. They took a gun with him or something like that. Of course. Yeah, that, which we Americans we, love to do. do. Yeah, we Americans. We love the guns. I don't know. I, I think it's it's a great song. And this is another band that's touring. Now, you liked Blue Monday and you kind of liked New Order. Does that intrigue you at all to see a band like New Order play in the year 2022? No. Not at all. <laughs> all right. We are going to see them. With the Pet Shop Boys, by the way. Now, would you see that? Pet Shop Boys with New Order. Would you slog your way through New Order? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would be a fun combination. Okay. Come on out in October and we'll take you. Let's wrap this up, shall we? This is number 11, the song Alive and Kicking. Again, by your favorite band, Simple Minds. (laughs) So this song was ahead of Don't You Forget About Me. I guess according to you, that is okay. To have uh, you, you preferred <laughs> alive and kicking over. Don't you forget about me. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I like this song a lot more. Hans, we gotta uh, we gotta release you now because set you free. We love you. We're gonna set you free. Okay, is that okay? Free, free. free. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. Free, it was, it was, yeah, it was nice a lot of fun, definitely. Yeah, nice meeting you. Uh, I, I I love your Thanks. insights. We always love talking to people outside of the United States and getting their insights into what was going on in their lives. And thank you for doing <laughs> this. Thank you. It was great it. fun. Nice to catch up. <laughs> Very nice to catch up. And uh, I'll see you soon. Yeah. See you soon. All right. Wonderful chat with Hans Everling. Got to learn a little bit about Hans. We got to learn that he doesn't really like a lot of these songs, but still great chat. Insightful. We learned actually more than a little bit about Hans Everling and his antics. He's quite the interesting guy. I knew that, but you got to learn this today. That's right. First time meeting him. I always like meeting Holly's friends because, as I've mentioned, they're they're all international. They all speak different languages. And so that's always exciting. They have just a different background than than what I'm used to and what most Americans are used to. So uh, it was was great. Um, We're really getting into it now. We've got one more of these, Holly. We've done. uh, It's hard to believe. This was the penultimate episode. The penultimate episode. And... Just think, we're moving up to the top songs that K-Rock played in 1985. I'm so excited to learn what they are, and also excited to know who our next guest is going to be, or guests. Me too. This is going to be exciting. I have no clue, but you will find out uh, because we release new episodes every Friday. So please subscribe, whatever your preferred podcast platform might be. You know, leave a review, five stars, uh, you know, A++. I don't know how this works. You just, uh, you know, press those buttons and subscribe. Do whatever needs to be done. And then check us out on social media, WDDIM Podcast, and what difference does it make on YouTube? Uh, Let's uh, wrap this up. Until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. (laughs) 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.